Welcome in to another edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I am your host, Ricky Hazel, and I'm joined today by Stetson men's tennis coach, Christophe Noble. Christophe, welcome in. Morning, Morning Ricky. Morning. Morning. How, how are things going for you during this uh, kind of time off, the unexpected time off? Yeah, this crazy time. Um, yeah, things going well. Um, I know the guys are are always safe and healthy. I think that's obviously number one priority, right? Is making sure we we uh, keep taking care of our guys, even though you know for for most of them we don't have much um, interaction with them. Um, but uh, no, I mean we're preparing next year. I think that's just uh, the way it is, right? You you obviously don't have much to do about this year anymore. It's all gone. It's behind us. Um, it's about staying safe, healthy, and, and putting our mind into next year, keeping keeping our mind occupied with goals and, uh, you know, just uh, it gives us an opportunity to be even more prepared for next year, right, and with no excuse mentality. So um, that's that's the way we try to think, and, and we tell the guys the same thing, and I think we uh, we all embracing that aspect, I guess. Makes makes perfect sense to me. Let's let's talk about you and your upbringing and how you wound up where you are now. I know you uh, you went to high school more or less in Toulon, France. Toulon, France is that correct? Yeah. Is that where you yeah, grew yeah. up as well? Yeah. So my, my dad was uh, in the French Navy. Uh, so we uh, we got to travel quite a bit uh, over France and abroad. Uh, uh, so I did also my undergrad in France, uh, in Toulon as well. So after a few years of traveling back and forth, my, my dad retired. So we moved back down South. Uh, and then I did my undergrad over there, starting coaching, um, enjoyed it greatly, but, uh, I figured there's probably, you know, other experiences out there and I wanted to try. And, uh, I had the opportunity to come to the U S do a master's degree and, and still play college tennis. Um, I went to play at Columbus state in division two because I was not eligible in division one. You know, I was a bit, uh, I was one of those guys just too old for, for D one for the right reason. Uh, so I went there, I had a great time, a wonderful time over there and coach even Isaacs really took me under his arm and, and taught me a lot. And uh, I had the chance to be his, his assistant for a little bit. And uh, eventually, Pierre Pilot, who was the director of tennis here at Stetson uh, years ago, uh, gave me a chance to be his assistant. So I was able to to go make the jump from D2 to D1. And um, I guess the rest is history in a way. Uh, hopefully good history, time will tell, but, uh, but I hope so. And uh, no, I mean, I loved every minute of it. Um, you know, Stetson is an incredible place. And what we offer to us to an athletes, I think is incredible. And uh, we, we try to make sure they appreciate it. And uh, we, we surely put our, our heart and soul into it. And uh, uh, I think we, we try to make the university proud, the alum proud, and the community proud as well. So being the son of a Navy man, I know uh, it's a big Navy base there in Toulon. It's on yep. the, su- the southern end of France on the Mediterranean coast. Mm-hmm. It's also a big fishing village. Talk to me a little bit about the town. And, and uh, I mean, that's not a, not a town. Obviously, everybody knows Paris and, yeah. and uh, other, other places in France, but that's not a, not a city that a lot of people have heard of probably. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. It's, uh, I think if, you be, if you're in the military, um, it, it's a big one. And in the Navy especially, I think you you may have experienced, you know, uh, going there. Um, so yeah, I think the, the, the city is is around, you know, the uh, it's like Norfolk, maybe it's the equivalent of the French Norfolk, you know, here in the U.S. Uh, so the town is really centered around the Navy base, and uh, um, 
you know, it, it's a beautiful place. I mean, you, you write it, the, the Bay of Toulon is one of the prettiest, uh, I think, in Europe. Um, so you, you get a great, you know, a lot of wonderful landscape and uh, the, the people are very proud of the region um, because, you know, compared to Paris or, you know, big metropolitan area where you have a lot of melting pot, people coming from all over the world, a lot of transplants. Uh, in the south of France, you get a lot of people that just grew up there and uh, that's all they know and, and they love it for the right reason. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a sense of pride, I think, growing up over there. And uh, uh, I think people say they're from Toulon before they say they're from France, right? So it's, it's that kind of perspective. Um, and um, yeah, but, you know, it's interesting because we also lived in Paris for, for, for some time. We lived in Normandy. Um, so I was exposed to different backgrounds, and I think that's in a way that helped me when I wanted to come to the U.S. Um, I didn't fear it. I didn't feel like it was going to be such a. Uh, I was excited more than anything, um, just because of I that experience growing up. So um, you know, it was awesome to discover all those places, and and surely when I, I go back and bring my wife to Toulon, uh, it's fun for me now to show her. Uh, that side and, and uh, see her excitement, um, you know, because for her it's all new. So it, it helps me kind of re rediscover my own region in a way. So I assume living on the Mediterranean there, uh, you spend a lot of time on the water. Talk a little bit about that experience growing up where you have access to, you know, one of the most famous bodies of water in the world. Yeah, no, I mean, um, but the, the thing is, playing tennis, you don't have much free time. Uh, I got to be honest, unfortunately. So um, I probably, honestly, I think I, when I go back now, I probably spend more time at the beach and, and um, trying to uh, learn how to sail. Uh, I think there was one thing I told my dad, he, 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 has, to, uh, he has to make up for. He, he never taught us how to sail, even though he's a big, you know, big sailor and all of that. Um, so hopefully we get to catch up on that at some point. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the funny thing is, I think if you grew up by the ocean, um, you don't truly appreciate it, you know, because you think it's there all the time. So you're like, well, I'll go tomorrow, I'll do. And then, um, but when you go there on vacation, you just want to, you know, soak it all in, right? So uh, when I go there and visit, I think I spend more time on the water than I did growing up, uh, funny enough. But uh, it's growing on me. It's growing on me. And but tennis took a lot of time out of our life, you know, growing up for the right reason. I loved every minute of it. But uh, I'm enjoying the water maybe more now uh, that I did growing up. You mentioned you know, living for a time in Normandy. I know all mm -hmm. of France is is covered with history and and incredible architecture. But Normandy is a place that I've always wanted to visit just for the historical yeah. aspects of it. Talk a little bit about what it's like visiting that place. Yeah, um, I mean, if you're into World War Two, especially, it's still incredible um, because they did a great job, kind of keeping the, the history and not just putting it all in the museum. Uh, obviously we have incredible museum, but it's still out there and you, you walk on, on, uh, on the shoreline and you still see fortifications from, from the forties. And uh, um, I mean, it, it's hard to imagine obviously how it was back then, don't get me wrong, but you get a, a small sense of it um, and the destruction that happened and, you know, how, how resilient those people had to be after everything that happened to still, you know, get out there and, and build up. So um, it's an incredible place. And when you see, 
you know, I think there's a reason why the Americans, you know, obviously landed there is that the length of the, the shoreline and, and the beach is just incredible. It's miles after miles after miles. And uh, the water is not that hot. I got I to gotta be honest, the Mediterranean is a lot nicer, but um, <laughs> it's just beautiful, beautiful shoreline. And uh, uh, again, different people, but similar to South of France, very proud of being from Normandy and, and its rich past and history. And uh, it means a lot to those people over there to be from that region. So growing up, was tennis your only sport or did you play? Obviously, a lot of folks play soccer over there. Yeah, no, honestly, no, no I didn't play any soccer. I'm just a, a strong tennis family. Um, my brother is a tennis coach as well in France. Uh, and and the, the story goes, apparently, I was told that uh, my brother is, is a bit older, he's six years older than me. So when he used to play with my parents, um, apparently I, I will annoy them and step on the court and uh, I will not leave until they throw a few balls at me. Uh, you know, so I, I just, I just followed along, right? I, I just followed the footstep of my brother and, uh, and then truly found the passion for it. I did play a little bit of basketball, but I was just a kid, um, nothing serious. So now very early into tennis and, um, didn't uh, did not stop from there. So now it's been tennis all along. I have to say, most people think of France and tennis. They think of Roland Garros and and yeah. the clay courts there. Mm-hmm. Is clay is clay tennis the the norm there, or is or is it all over the board? No, no, no. I mean, mainly you, you you're right. It's uh, it's red clay, so it's different here in the U.S. You're thinking about the the, the gray clay, as we call it in France, is made out of red bricks, um, probably synthetic from now, I would assume. But um, so it's red clay, and uh, especially during summertime, right? Summer month all over France is mostly red clay. Um, Winter time, depending on the region, is different because you go indoors. Indoors, it's hard to have red clay because of the, the powder it gets in the air. So it's mostly hard court tennis. Um, but uh, now I'm in the French Open is an incredible time. Obviously, not not having it in May this year um, because they push it back to at the end of September. Um, it, it's kind of a weird feeling because usually in France this time, well, in the month from now, what happened is you start watching uh, the French Open, then you watch the Tour de France, you know, the uh, the biking tour, uh, and then you watch Wimbledon. So it's kind of back and back to back. And then this year we're supposed to have the Olympics. So it was going to be an incredible summer, um, obviously, you know, it's not happening. But now the French Open is, uh, is a French tradition that goes way beyond just the people that play tennis. I think the whole country is behind. Um, still hoping a Frenchman will win it since uh, Yannick Noah back in the 80s. Uh, has not happened. We had a, we had a, a Mary Pierce, uh, who is half French, half American, who won it a few years ago. But now we, we are, we're still hoping. Uh, we'll see this year. Uh, I don't think we have much chances, but uh, maybe maybe we'll give it our best shot. So I, see, I assume you've been to the tournament before many times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when I lived in Paris. Actually, my high school, funny enough, my high school in Paris is across the street from the French Open site. Um, so I, I was lucky enough to, uh, to go there a few times. Yeah. Never got to be a ball boy or anything like that? Uh, no, I was too old to be a ball boy at the time, uh, but not good enough to play the tournament either. So I was kind of stuck in between <laughs> having to uh, to watch. Uh, I brought a player to uh, uh, to the uh, to the Open, uh, the junior, uh, but uh, but now that was about it. But hey, who knows? Maybe not playing. That's not going to happen anymore. Uh, but maybe a player one day. Who knows? 
that'd be pretty fun. No doubt, it'd be, it would be fun. Yeah. So, talk about the experience of coming from from living your entire life in France to all of a sudden you're in Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, and it's a whole other world. Now, it's a military town as well, yeah. so that, that you yeah. had in common, but it's still real. A lot of red clay, but still very different. No, no, I give you that. I give you that. Um, but lovely people. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, wherever you are, on the, I mean, I don't know about the whole planet, but um, for most places, I think the people make the place enjoyable, not the place itself. And I think if you find good people that take care of you and that care for you, then then you'll you'll have a great time. And, uh, and that's what happened for me in Columbus. I made incredible people. I met my wife in school. Um, and, and, and one thing that we'll never, never forget is I was never ever judged upon the fact that I was not from Columbus, nor that I was not even from the state of Georgia, to, to say the least. I was coming from abroad. Um, and people really embraced me for who I was. And that's something I'm very thankful because you don't know. I mean, you know, right? People can, can have judgment upon you and, and stereotype and all of that, but nobody ever did. Um, it, it's, a big, it's a big tennis town, actually. Uh, we have, I think, the biggest... Um, public uh, tennis facility in the U.S. I think they have over 50 courts at Cooper Creek. Um, so it's, it's a big tennis town in the state of Georgia. So they love tennis players. But not everybody was always so, so welcoming. Um, and I'd be forever grateful to, to that place. I, I love it. Um, my wife growing up over there, probably just like she, she's done with it. She just, you know, she was happy to move out. And, um, but, uh, but we go back often and, and we love the countryside. It's very peaceful and her whole family is from there. And so we, we have great ties over there and I, I truly enjoy that place. Now, I guess there's a lot of similarities. You've got uh, the tennis the clay, the you got yeah. the Chattahoochee River instead of the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> accents, yeah. accents are a little different. You the military yeah. bases. I gotta say, yeah, yeah, my um, yeah, I, and you know, it's funny you talk about my accent because I, I I think I pride myself in not sounding too French, but obviously I do sound French. I mean, it will always be there. Um, and, and therefore, even though I'm American now, uh, people always ask me, and I think forever. Where, where are you from? You know, I think that's the big American say, right? Because they hear you are sure. But I, I learned that it, it really comes from, from the heart in the sense that they really care to know where you're from and they really care to know your story. Um, so I'm always very thankful for the opportunity to share where I'm from. And uh, you're right. I mean, the, the funny thing, the Chattahoochee River, you talk about it. Um, and they've done incredible over, over there in Columbus with, uh, they do a lot of rafting. They, they really turned the economy around the river. And um, it, it, for people that have never been to Columbia, Georgia, um, honestly, go there, go downtown. Uh, lovely people, great food, great activities. Um, it's, it's a great city, and it's not that small. I mean, maybe from a U.S. perspective it is, you know, uh, but uh, it's a great place. Honestly, a lot of fun there. Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together. Growing up in France, who were, who were some of your role models and, and what did you learn from them? 
Um, yeah, it's a great question. You know, I was actually asking that to my wife the other day and, uh, you know, having traveled so much, um, I think for me, it's hard to identify about, you know, certain specific people, because for me, for the most part, I spent maybe, you know, max four or five years in one place. And then we always moved actually, believe it or not, Florida is the place I've been the longest in my life. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe, but that's the case. And, um, uh, I think what I learned more is trying to to take a little bit out of everyone I meet. I think everybody has quality and strength and and weakness. And uh, I think if you extract the best out of everyone, you certainly learn a lot. Um, and I've met some incredible people along the way um, in back home here in the U.S. Um, so I, it would be hard for me to identify one person specific, but. Uh, uh, certainly, I've had mentors along the way that have been great people to me and uh, um, that helped me make the right decision at the right time or avoid maybe maybe making the bad decisions. But uh, um, yeah, I think my family, I would say, probably my close family, parents and my brother are probably the people that, that I would say, and my wife obviously now, influence me the most. So what are some common myths you think about the sport of tennis that people may have, people who don't play the sport or know anything about the sport, uh, and how do you counterbalance that? Yeah, um, I think they think uh, tennis is a very quiet sport, uh, but not college tennis. College tennis is not, it's not quiet. It's not quiet at all. Um, there's a lot of, of drama going on. Uh, sometimes good drama, sometimes, you know, over the top, but uh, it's a lot of fun. I think people don't appreciate college tennis enough because they've never been to a game. And I think um, go to a college tennis game and uh, and you'll have a blast because, I mean, those those guys and, and, and ladies as well um, put their heart out uh, and they put their their they're everything on the court and uh, man, they're, they're passionate. Um, and there's a lot of energy, a lot of energy. And we really encourage the fans, the, the, the supporters to get into it. And, uh, uh, cause it helps. It, it, it massively helps. And I think one difference, it, let's say I compare tennis to, to soccer, football, or big team sports. Uh, when you go to a college tennis match, you can literally influence one person and, and you may even know the player. Uh, when on the football team, I mean, it's so large and you're so far away and so noisy that you don't really have that one-on-one -on -one interaction. Um, but as a fan and you go to a tennis a college tennis game, uh, you can literally, and sometimes you should not, don't get me wrong, but you can almost address the player himself uh, and, and at least encourage him uh, directly. And uh, that's, a, that's a very unique fan experience, I want to say. Um, and, and I surely encourage people, wherever they are around the U.S., uh, go to your during the spring. Go to your college tennis matches, and and, and you'll have a blast. And um, yeah, it, it could last a little bit longer. I, I, I get that, uh, but I think the longer you last, the more energy build up, and, and by the end, it, it is very, very dramatic. I, I, I gotta say. One of the things I've always noticed about college tennis, in particular here and in my previous school, Troy. Uh, with a lot of international students, it seems yeah. like no matter where the kids are from, the language of tennis is French. They all <laughs> They all seem like they communicate in French. And is there a reason you think behind that? You mean the the, the bad words, or you mean the yes. encouragement? <laughs> yeah. Mostly, mostly that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. otherwise yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, 
I think growing up, we all watch uh, tennis is such a worldwide sport that you get to watch the same people, right? So if, the, if at the time you grew up, um, I don't know, Nadal is the favorite, then you're going you're gonna to say Bamos. You're going to say things that are not from your native language. If you, if you, if you love a French player, you're going you're gonna to learn his mimic and, and you're going to learn his, his little habits and going to try to duplicate it. So I think you're just trying to duplicate um, whoever you, uh, you grew up watching. And uh, uh, we all have, yeah, certain words like Ale, meaning Bamos, meaning common. Um, and so there's just a, a few certain words that uh, you mix and match depending on your state of mind, uh, you know, and depending on your teammates as well. And um, so, yeah, it's just the, the, the little things of tennis that, that keep showing that, yeah, it's a very international sport. And I think we should be proud of that aspect that uh, it's played all over the world. And it's one of the most popular sports worldwide. You know, another thing I've noticed about tennis, and, and it's probably because of the power, is that you get longer rallies in the women's sport than you do in the men's sport. So there's mm-hmm. a lot more vocalization from the girls than there is from the guys. So, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, yeah. I, the one I remember specifically is uh, Raya Assisi, who's the women's coach at Troy now. She played okay. at Troy when I was there. And she she talked the whole time she was playing. It may not have been anything I could understand. And she's from Egypt, but it was yeah. all French. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Egypt, a lot of people do still speak French over there. Um, so she might actually speak French herself. But um, yeah, I mean, tennis is a loud sport. I mean, at the pro level, you don't hear as much because the camera does not capture everything. Um, but if you do go to a pro pro event and you uh, you sit uh, courtside, you you're going to hear a lot of things. Sometimes not really good stuff. I got to be honest. Um, French players, uh, not just French players, sorry, tennis players in general, they tend to um, to be very outspoken about what's going on in their mind. Um, and sometimes there's a lot happening in there. Uh, so. But they, yeah, they tend to share. They tend to share a lot. Um, and that's why it's just so weird sometimes to watch yourself play because you're listening to what you're saying and you're like, you, you sound almost like a, a crazy person from time to time. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a very intense sport uh, for, uh, for the emotion and the, 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 uh, the brain is as tired as the body usually at the end of a match. You mentioned earlier uh, Pierre Pilote, who, who was the former tennis coach here at Stetson. I assume he's one of the people probably that helped you to get to where you are now. Talk a little bit about your relationship with him and how he brought you into Stetson. Yeah, Pierre Pilote. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I will always be thankful to Pierre for, for what he has done to me. And uh, I, I certainly learned so much from him. And, uh, you know, it, it took us a little bit to – to get to uh, you know get to know each other and really work well with each other, but when we did, we, we certainly enjoyed it. And um, I mean, you know, you, you you need people that will give you a shot, right? You need people that will just slightly open the door for you for you to to um, to sneak through and 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 make a career. Um, and so he's one of those that gave me a shot early on, and I'll be forever thankful to, for that because. Um, it's tough. It's tough when you, you want to start in any industry. It's not just college sports, but uh, I think in any industry when you want to start and you want to start at a certain level, because obviously that's what that's, that was my goal, moving from Division 2 to Division 1. Um, and it's not easy. And uh, I certainly, again, be very thankful to Pierre. 
for what he has done, what he has built here at Stetson too. Uh, I mean, it's much easier to take over a program that had success uh, than one that did not have any. And he certainly built great success here at Stetson. And we try to to make those alumni proud for uh, and try to match their level of success or, or maybe even exceed it. Um, but he certainly did an incredible job here. And uh, I, I had the chance to assist him on the men's and the women's side at the time, uh, which was a wonderful experience for me because coaching a women's team is different than coaching a men's team. Um, believe it or not, it, it, it was actually more... I don't know, because I call me state, I did the same men's and women's. Um, it, it became easier to me to coach the women's side. Um, so I had to learn to coach the men's side because I was thinking too much like a player. Uh, and, and it's different. And you cannot, if you're a good coach, it, it, it's a different job than being a good player. And so I had to learn to separate my, my playing side from my coaching side uh, when I was coaching the guys. And that took me a little bit and Pierre helped me with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, wonderful, wonderful guy and, uh, it's incredible job what he did here at Stetson over 20 plus years. And, uh, you know, thanks again to him. No, no doubt about that. You stay in touch. You can still use him as a sounding board. Uh, not as much anymore. Uh, I have to be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's kind of a quiet guy. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, but I know he's happy. I know he, he's got remarried a few years back. So, uh, you know, as long as I know he's, he's happy and I'm happy for him. And, uh, you know, he, he comes back every every now and then. And, uh, you know, he has uh, he has a lot of love for Stetson. And uh, I think Stetson still has a lot of love for him. No doubt. And you, you got to have a lot of respect for the guy because he coached for a lot of those years, both teams. And you, yeah. had a, you had a taste of that as well to start with. And that's challenging, trying to coach two teams, not only from a practice standpoint, but from a travel and playing standpoint. Yeah, well, you, you, you make it sound like it's easy for me now, right? But, <laughs> no, no, not at all. But No, 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 I get you. No, no, I mean, you're right. You're right. It, 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 I mean, and where he started from, too. I mean, Stetson tennis was not the same back in the, uh, you know, 20 years ago when he started. The budgets were not the same. The scholarship were not the same. The the, the facility, I mean, you know, Mandy Stowe, I think, is a little bit over 20 years. So, uh they used to play at Cummings um, years back, and uh, it's a different environment. So, um, I mean, he built it up. He built it up from, from the ground up, I want to say, from my understanding. And uh, uh, he was always passionate about what, what's next. How can we improve? How can we do better? Um, and I think in this area of athletics, you got to keep up with the Joneses, right? If, uh, if your biggest rival does, does something good, you got to catch up and you got to do better. And so he really had the mentality where, uh, he, and, and more than that, he just didn't want just to keep up. He wanted to to try to be the best, um, and certainly had tremendous success. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's a lot to uh, it's a lot to follow. But at the same time, very thankful because, like I said, it's much easier to build upon success than to to, to start it from zero. So um, yeah, it's incredible what he did, no doubt. So what are some of the things you'd wish you'd known when you started out as a coach that you now have learned and, and, and know, know, you know, the challenges of the job? Um, yeah, I think I wish uh, I would have known um, uh, how much I would fail uh, early on. Because uh, when you're young or, or whenever you start, doesn't matter if you're young or not, but whenever you start something, you think you know everything, right? You think you 
you're ready, you have energy, you have a vision. Um, this is what we want to accomplish. This is how we're going to do it. It's going to happen. A, B equals C. Uh, well, yeah, but in a way, no, because then you get the, you know, things being thrown at you and you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. And now I have to adjust. And then, and then it starts piling up and piling up and you, you, you just, you've, you know, you, you, it's a trial and error at that point. And uh, I certainly made a lot of mistakes and, and a lot of trial and errors. Um, but I certainly believe I'm a better coach now than I was even a month ago, six months ago, or certainly a year or five years ago. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. And, um, and I think it's, it's just accepting that you're going to fail. Accepting you're going to fail and certainly need people to help you um, if you see the failure to correct right away, um, instead of just being stubborn and, and diving into it and making a bigger mess of it that, uh, that it needed to be. So, um, yeah, just accepting that you, you're not perfect. You're going to make errors, accepting that you need feedback. You need people to help you. You need people to, uh, you need a communication to always be open. So you hear people out. Um, and, um, yeah, when you're young, you, uh, you know, everything, right? So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm only 33, but I think I'm a bit wiser now than I was. Um, and therefore, uh, I, I um, but also I think that I'll finish on that. You also see things happening before they actually happen. You know, when you're young, you're just living in the moment. You don't take any step back and you, everything hits you in the face, the good and the bad. Um, but after a few years and after some experience, you kind of see it coming, seeing building up and you're able to diffuse the situation, um, before it, it becomes too big of a mess. So, um, I think it's, it has helped me a lot. Just learn to take a step back learn that you're going to fail and learn that you're going to need people along the way. Um, that's what I would tell my, my younger self if I had the chance. Florida Orthopedic Associates is proud to support Stetson University Athletics. Don't let pain affect your game. For sports injuries, sprains, fractures, and breaks, if it hurts, see them first at their Orange City walk-in clinic for urgent orthopedic injuries. Offices are located in Deland, Orange City, Lake Mary, and New Smyrna Beach. Florida Orthopedic Associates, state-of-the-art care, close to home. So, uh, if you weren't a, if you weren't a tennis coach, what do you think you would be doing? Um, I don't know. I, I have quite a entrepreneur mindset. Um, maybe a business owner. Um, maybe just I, I don't know. I like challenges. I like challenges. Um, I'm not necessarily afraid of starting from the ground up. Um, even though it, it is, you know, the older you get, obviously, the more challenging it seems to really have the energy to tackle a project from zero and, and building to building into something. Uh, but uh, lately I, I've picked up baking, I, ga- I gotta say, uh, but bread, I'm, bread and pizza. I'm, I'm baking bread and pizza. Uh, and uh, according to uh, the people that I've tried, uh, I'm not too bad. So, you know, maybe in, a, maybe in different life, I would be a baker. I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the boulangerie in France is a big tradition of ours. So maybe I'm just uh, picking up on my, on my DNA and, you know, my ancestry there. But, um, yeah, I like, I like doing things with my hands and building things up from, from, from the ground up. So, uh, probably a business owner would have been a, uh, interesting challenge. 
So obviously working with student athletes, there's always somebody in the group that you would consider the, the class clown. So what's some of the funniest things you can that you can share, some of the funniest things that have gone on with you and your tennis team? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what we're allowed to share or not, but uh, uh, I think to, to, to me, to that aspect, to answer that question, that's why I actually do enjoy going on the road with the guys, to be honest. Um, because it's an experience. And, and, and when you graduate, you forget about most of your matches, about some of your success, some of your failures, but you do remember the memories. You do remember the, the time where you had to adjust the new, the new places you visited and, and the new environments. Um, so I think for us, actually, road trips are fun because we, we have a great group of guys, great group of coaches. We really do enjoy spending time with one another. So going on the road is a lot of fun because of that. So uh, anytime we get on the road, I think we, we have always small stories, um, you know, to, to bring back with us. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's fun to see those young men really building up their character because of the adversity they had to overcome uh, on, on away trips compared to playing at home, which is much more comfortable. I think when you have to go away and, and figuring out your, your class schedule and your homework and, and your matches and, and doing it all over again the next day and, and discovering places at the same time. It, it really it really gets you to grow up quickly. So um, so being you know being away with the team is I think one of the best parts of the job, I would say. I've always felt like going on the road with the team is the best way to learn anything about the, the kids is yeah. to build a relationship with them is, you know, you have, a, you have a meal with them. You spend that time on the bus or in a van with them and, and you get to talk about things other than what they're doing in their sport. And I've always felt that way. Yeah. Um, so what's been the highlight of your time at Stetson as far as being a coach? Yeah. Um, you know, it, I think that the highlight for me is to to see the growth in my players. I've had the chance to to have a couple of guys now that uh, that have graduated, uh, meaning that we took them from year one and and then you know they went through the process and seeing the growth in them and seeing that the 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 man they've become, you know, where some of them come and they're seventeen, eighteen. I mean, they're they're very young. I mean, so was I at their age, and uh, and you see them evolve and grow. Um, and you're just very proud for the people we've graduated. We know we're very proud because they're going to be fine. I know they're going to be fine. They, they're going to be just just great uh, in their job, whatever that is. They're going to be good husband and, and they're going to have good families. And uh, uh, I think that that aspect tells us that we we teaching we helping them, you know, in, in building up their values and shaping them up into into great young men and. and men of character so yeah we had some success on the court and some failures and but uh at the end of the day i think i want to think that 10 20 30 years from now those are not the things i will remember but seeing again those 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 people growing up and building their own their own destiny um because of what we helped them accomplish when they were 18 19 20 um that i think that means a lot to me and it's starting to really uh, mean even more. Um, so tennis is just our platform to build those guys, right? And obviously, you know, winning helps to build a little bit faster sometimes than losing. So don't get me wrong. Uh, so we love winning and and we have good success doing that. But um, 
at the end of the day, regardless if they become professional tennis players or accountants or anything in between, whatever they choose to be, um, we were just part of their journey and, and help them grow um, and, and, and be there to support them along the way uh, with what we know, which is tennis. And uh, uh, so... I think it goes much beyond just a forehand and a backhand. Um, so for me, seeing them growing up um, and becoming men of character um, and being proud to be from Stetson and, and proud to represent the school uh, means a lot. And uh, I think that's what I cherish the most. So what accomplishments for your program are you most proud of? Um, I mean, we... We had a two years ago, we made it to the final. We had a great year um, in terms of winning, losing percentage. Um, I think uh, I, I was excited about really this year as well. I thought we, we had a good shot at it. Um, you know, we were really growing fast uh, and, and heading in the right direction. So it would have been fun to, uh, to start conference season and uh, see where um, that could have, you know, uh, we could have landed. Um, so I, I think uh, at the end of the day, what matters the most for us is exposing our guys to the best competition. Um, and we, we, we really build the program around that, uh, playing really highly nationally ranked teams and, uh, uh, playing the best competition. So, you know, hopefully you, uh, you win more than you lose. And we've done that every year, uh, which is always, always a plus. Um, but, uh, we've left to, uh, to win the championship, obviously coming very close two years ago was fun, but at the same time disappointing because at the end of the day, if you're really a competitor, uh, you want to win everything. Uh, being second is not good enough, and then never should be. So you know we we building toward that to um, to make the NCAA and uh, win the conference, and uh, um, and also building a culture that will lead us there. And and we really feel that we we have that, uh, and we want to keep building upon that. And so it's going to be exciting to work with those guys again next year because we get pretty much everybody returning. We only have one senior this year, so. Um, it's it's going to be fun for us to keep building upon upon that culture and uh, um, with the goal to again you know win conference and make it to the NCAA's and, and be nationally ranked. That's that's the challenge every year. So you mentioned earlier, thirty three years old. So you're still a very young coach, um, but you're one of the more veteran coaches at Stetson. Um, <laughs> I know the coaches have started trying to get together a little bit to talk about you know how, how to improve their programs, things that they can they that you share with other yeah. with other coaches. How have that how has that come together, and and what kind of impact has it had so far? No, yeah, uh, I mean for me, really the the journey of building a culture. Um, that's what I share with anybody that's willing to listen, I guess. As, uh, you know, I, I thought culture, when I came again, when I took the job, Pierre had done a, a great job and built his culture, um, which was great. Uh, but then I had to learn to build mine, right, we, respectfully. Um, so that took me some time. And it took me some time to also understand what was really important and what was not important, uh, what to dedicate time to and what to spend money on. Uh, to kind of, you know, you got to back your own words, right? So you got to spend time and money into what really matters. Um, and that, that, took, that took a few years to really build a culture around certain core values that, that now are centered around what we do every day. I mean, our four core values, team first, be tough, no excuse, appreciate. Um, we, we almost live and die by those, I want to say. Uh, and, and the, but more importantly, the guys do. We recruit them around those those values, and 
we we just hammer hammer it down every day, um, reminding it, reminding them every day, and they truly, I, they actually repeat those words now, and it's really ingrained in them. So culture is big. Culture is big. Uh, don't get me wrong; you need a certain level of of talent. Um, you know, you got to start somewhere. You cannot just pick up a guy off the street and make him Roger Federer. It's just not going to happen. Uh, you gotta you gotta have a certain level of talent, but from there, okay, that's good. You get the base now. How do we make it to the next level? And culture helps you with that process. Um, so, any young coach that want to start, have a vision, uh, have a vision, have values, uh, be willing to adapt to a certain degree, but also ride the wave, ride the storm, and and believe in your in your values and your vision and, and stick to it the best you can. And eventually, people around you will embrace that aspect and and follow you along. So, uh, building culture is tough. Uh, I don't think it's a it's a never ending process. You know, you comp- constantly evolve. I know we've, within our own department here at Stetson, we're also working on that, and I think that's awesome. Um, so any organization is constantly working on its culture, and we are, we are no different. We're just a smaller organization, but we are one, and uh, culture is, is big and co- will continue to be big for us. One of the other programs I know you've been heavily involved with and maybe a champion of was the program where you take your team to another team's practice and mm-hmm. spend time with yeah. them, and they bring their team to your practice and yeah. spend time with it. How have you seen that evolve, and what impact have you seen that make? Yeah, that's been a lot of fun, to be honest with you. And more than just coming to the practice, we actually train them, right, for an hour uh, we, we teach them tennis and then when we go there, we, they teach us uh, their sport. So we did it with, I mean, I'm, I'm forgetting some, but uh, women's basketball, uh, beach volleyball, rowing and others. Um, and some of, the, some, some of those times are the best memories that the guys have, to be honest with you. Um, because when you're an athlete, you're constantly looking to learn something new. Uh, so for us, for example, rowing was so impactful because well, some of those guys never been on the water, uh, and, 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 and never mind being a, in a boat that's barely at the water surface that you feel you're going to tip over at any time. And, and then as you start you know, going, start rowing, you go, you go incredibly fast. And so um, those moments are very, very enjoyable because it humbles you. You know, you think, okay, I'm good at tennis. Okay, I'm a great athlete, whatever. And then you get on a different surface uh, altogether and you realize, okay, I'm, I'm quite a beginner here. And so it really humbles you down to listen to the coach and, and really teach the, the basic technique and realize, okay, I, I really don't know much. So um, just that aspect of just being very humble and sharing, sharing with those student athletes that they have the same struggles that we do. And then, they wake up early, they train hard, they have expectations, they have success, they have failures, they got to deal with homework, with, with grades, with, with their futures, um, and, and, and it's the same for every student athlete out there. So sharing that moment with, with anybody else that is the same boat uh, really meant a lot for my guys, and, and we try to do two or three sports a year. Um, and uh, there's certain sports that are going to be harder than others. I got to be honest. <laughs> you know, it may be hard to put on the pads and, and, and go on the football field. But uh, I certainly want to do baseball. Uh, I think when you're on the receiving end of a uh, 80, 90 miles an hour pitch coming at you, it's, uh, 
it's a, a life-threatening experience, maybe, or a defining experience. I don't know, either or. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just a blast to be able to share that experience with other coaches, other student athletes, and, and certainly some of the best memories my guys have so far. Uh, those baseball guys might feel the same about a 120-mile-an-hour serve coming at them. So. Yeah, yeah, but if you get hit by a tennis ball, you hurt a lot less. So, uh, <laughs> that's a fact. You know, that that is a fact. So uh, what is it that motivates you every day? Uh, what motivates me? Um, you know, we have a, we have a say. It, it may sound arrogant, but really it's not. It's, it's, we, want, we want to build a legacy uh, for us coaches here on the men's tennis side and with our guys that we want them to leave Stetson with having built some form of legacy. Um, so for us, we, we, have, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, again, we want to win the conference. We want to make it to the NCAAs. We, we want to bring guys in singles, in doubles. Uh, we, we have all kinds of goals and uh, uh, we always thriving for more. And so at the end of the day, I think if you truly like to compete, you're never satisfied and you just constantly going for goals and being ambitious and putting a plan toward those. So I think that's what motivates me, knowing that we have goals that have yet to be accomplished. Um, and if we do accomplish some of those, I'm sure we'll come up with new ones. And, uh, and that's just the nature of competition. You just never stop competing until you're done. It's not a, it's not a slow, gradual phase where, you, okay, I'm competing less. No, no. You compete, you compete, and, and one day you're just done all, all together. Um, so for us, we just we love to compete, and uh, you know we're ambitious, and there's many goals that we have yet to accomplish. So um, we just got to keep working toward uh, getting closer to those goals. Stetson fans, Bud Light is proud to be the official beer of Stetson University. Making friends is Bud Light's business, and as part of this, Bud Light wants to remind everyone that choosing a designated driver is what good friends do. Bud Light, Daytona Beverages, and Stetson University. Thanks, everyone, for making a responsible choice in choosing a designated driver. I know most people, coaches and administrators who work at this level, are voracious readers. So what are you reading now? Who are some of your favorite authors? Uh, yeah, um, I was not a big reader growing up. Uh, so I had to, uh, I had to learn that. Um, I, I, do, uh, I do like books or reviews or articles that have some scientific base to it. Uh, I like data. I like to, to analyze things. Um, you know, so just, just books that talk about their belief is, is limiting to me. Um, so you know, scientific peer reviews are big for me. And uh, um, I think like, uh, like this new Generation Z or, or whatever generation am I, I don't know, but we like to, uh, we like to read the condensed and, and summarized version of things. Um, one book, though, I, I got to say one book that was very influential to me recently and uh, to a lot of my guys because every year we make the, the whole team read one book uh, was the book from David Goggins. Uh, can't hurt me, and uh, basically he talks about his journey as a uh, as a um, kind of a dreamer to be in the Navy SEAL and how he, he made it there. But uh, but really from there how he continued to improve and continue to challenge himself and and all the struggle that he had to overcome along the way. Um, so that that's been a lot of fun to really embrace his journey and and took a little bit out of that um, and see what we could. Uh, 
you know, put into our own program. Um, so that, that was the, the most recent book I've read. So I'll have to uh, come up with another one probably this time because we, we have more time on our hands, right? So summary, the list has not been defined yet, uh, but I take any suggestions if you have. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a big, uh, well, Clive Cussler is one of my favorite authors. I read almost all of his books. Unfortunately, he just passed away not too long ago. Tom mm-hmm. Clancy is one of my favorites. John Grisham. I read a lot of, a lot of fiction and a lot of, uh, you know, high adventure type fiction. I have okay. read, uh, read, read, first time I read Clive Cussler, I think I was 15 maybe. And I've read okay. from my entire life. I've read every book. If you look in the shelves yeah. of my office and it's well, just. I'm not at your level, but uh, I'll take the suggestion and I'll give it a try. There you go. Um, so um, what are some of your most f- treasured childhood memories growing up? Um, you know, it's funny. I think for me is having the chance to, uh, because of my parent, my dad, you know, job in the Navy to have seen so many places. Um, I think when you're a kid, I don't know if you truly enjoy it that much because you're every time building relationship and breaking friendships and building new ones. Um, so it's probably harder as a kid that, uh, than it is when you're older, but now looking back, I look at it as a way that it taught me so much. And, and I have so much experience from that um, that maybe having grown up in one region just does not all for you. Um, so I think when, uh, when you're young, I think when you're exposed to adversity, um, it's tough at the moment, don't get me wrong, but I think years later, you learn to appreciate that and, and you learn that uh, it really taught you a lot uh, and it took you a few years to really embrace those lessons, but uh, very thankful at the end of the day that we had the chance to uh, to travel around and, and see places and see so many different people and, and meet and and uh, learn from so many in different environments. So um, I think that helped me again make that final jump uh, and come to the U.S. and live my life here um, because I was kind of groomed in that perspective of. Uh, of uh, learning to explore. Um, so thankful for, for my parents who have me exposed to that. And, uh, um, you know, that, that keeps, keeps the fire in me and willing to discover more about people and places. So are tennis players superstitious? And what are some of your superstitions? Yeah, no, I'm very superstitious. Uh, I can't remember, was it Jim Courier that thought he had a, no, no, somebody I thought he had an eagle on his shoulder when he played. And then every time he will just, you know, dust it off somehow. Uh, when I played, my biggest pet peeve was uh, in between points, I didn't walk on the lines. Yeah, so it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know it is. Uh, so you go pick up balls left or right of the court, and uh, I would simply try to avoid stepping on the lines, which sometimes is obviously very difficult. Um, I would always bounce the ball uh, five times before my first serve, three times before my second serve. Um, so those are actually sometimes helpful because it keeps you, you know, in line and keeps you in check. Uh, but now we're super superstitious. I mean, some people are like the favorite bandana, favorite wristband, favorite racket. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you name it, right? So. So it's, a, it's about what you're comfortable, but at the same time, be willing to adjust because there are going to be times where it's not going to be there. It's going to be different. You're going to need to, to still make the best out of it. So superstition is comfortable, but you got to learn to live without it. So um, 
uh, yeah, for me, it was no walking on the lines. And man, sometimes I took that too seriously. <laughs> so this is a little bit of a silly question, but like every time the president walks into a room, the you know band plays "Hail to the Chief," and wrestlers come to the ring. They've all got their ring music. So if every time you walked into a room, a song played, what would it be? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's a song we usually play from time to time. Uh, I can't even remember the singer, but the, the lyrics say, "It's my house." Uh, so I think we, we like, or maybe I like that one, especially if we go on the road, uh, you know, make, making it feel like we, we taking their home in a way. And, uh, you know, wherever we go, it's a stats and estates and environments. Um, I don't know. I, I try to make sure that, uh, I, I stay humble and, uh, uh, don't, uh, don't let any of that get over my head. But, uh, yeah, I think it's my house. I like that song. It's, it, if we win, if we lose, then uh, no, it's irrelevant. But uh, if we win, I like it. So how do you spend your time away from tennis and school and work? I Honestly, it's not like it, this job gives us a lot of free time. <laughs> I mean, the same goes for you, right? So, That's a fact. Uh, I think college athletics is, uh, is just a 24-hour day job. Uh, even though you may not be working, your mind certainly is. Uh, so for us, we, we're recruiting. For us, we're coaching in our sleep. Uh, for us, we're making lineup changes at 3 a.m. in our dreams. Um, so, you know, free time, it's not necessarily a word that uh, I know much of. Um, but I'm lucky enough to enjoy what I do, to enjoy what I do. So if I have to work 80 hours a week or more, um, it's okay because at the end of the day, I know I'm, I'm, I'm building something. Um, and that means a lot to me. Uh, lately, I got to be honest, uh, I've been doing a lot of work around the house. Um, my wife gave me a small list and I, I, I widely expanded on it. Uh, so I've, uh, I've made quite a few trips to Home Depot. Uh, but, uh, you know, keeps me occupied, I guess. And I, I try to come you know, a little bit to the office in the morning from time to time, trying to make sure everything is, is still in order, keeping up with the, the courts. Uh, you know, you just try to keep up with your habits, right? Because if not, it, it's hard to start the wheel uh, spinning again. So, um, yeah, now free time is actually I need to learn. My wife tells me all the time I need to learn how to relax. My, my, my players do tell me that from time to time as well. So uh, I, need to, uh, I need to pick up on a hobby a little bit more. And uh, and uh, uh, maybe get to uh, get to relax a bit more often. But uh, again, I take any suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> well, starting a podcast—that's what I did. There you so. go. Yeah. <laughs> so, go. Um, who's the most famous person you've ever met, and when, when, and where was that? Wow. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably forgetting some. Uh, I mean, I, I, I taught um, when I was uh, playing at Columbia State during summertime. Uh, I, I would go to Long Island and teach tennis during the summer over there. Um, and I've met some incredible people in the business world. Um, so this not necessarily famous, you know, from a, uh, the mainstream uh, aspect of things, but very famous in their field. Um, and one aspect I learned from those people, for most of them, some are exceptions, but most of them are actually incredibly humble about their success. And I will actually only know about how successful they were after Googling them 
you know, you, you, you just Google the name and, and, and oh my, my gosh, what I learned some, from some of those people. So um, it taught me that it uh, doesn't matter your success, you better be humble because there's somebody more successful than you. Um, and at the end of the day, what does success mean? Right? Is it money? Is it fame? Is it glory? Is it whatever? Um, so I have success, but, but stay humble. Um, and I, I learned that from those people that were widely successful from any measure of the, the, the world. So, um, yeah, not necessarily fame, famous people, but famous in their own field. Yeah, definitely a few. So let's talk a little bit about your team this year. You got off to a pretty good start. Hadn't started conference play yet. Yeah. The great thing is you only have one senior. So next year, everybody's back. Obviously, you'll bring in some more players. So yeah. you got to be excited about what the future of your, your program is. Yeah. No, and then, I mean, excited to work with those guys really is. And, uh, again, we, we've done a lot of work on our culture again this year and what we went through and the challenges. And uh, we, we pushed them and they responded so well. And so – uh, I know it's going to be a blast to to have the the same group back, you know, in August, and then it will. I, I feel like it's going to feel that we we have never left. You know, it's just going to be the next practice. Yeah, it was a hiatus of about four or five months, uh, maybe more, but it, it will feel like we we just never left it. And uh, I'm excited about that. And. Uh, it's going to be fun to work with those guys, keep building upon what we, what we thought we had as far as, you know, upcoming success, maybe, maybe going into conference, but we got to start back and we got to humble ourselves and build again. And we cannot just think, oh yeah, we had a good feeling about this year. It's just going to work out next year. No, it never worked that way. You got to, you got to put in the work every day. Certainly the other teams are also getting better. So, uh, we gotta, we gotta continue, uh, you know, raising our own, our own level and uh, whoever we bring on board will, uh, will hopefully be an impact as well. And, and we'll have to catch up with those guys because they're, they're certainly not, not sleeping right now, not waiting around. They're, they're certainly putting in the hours as well back home. So, uh, so yeah, I can't wait for next year. I uh, can't wait to see all those guys. And, uh, you know, I know they're eager to, uh, to come back and practice and train and more importantly, compete. How are you managing recruiting at this point? I mean, I know you recruit a lot of international players, and and it's got to be extraordinarily difficult not only to to be able to see and recruit and talk to those kids, but to find the kids you need to, you need to see and talk to. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny because I think internet years ago has changed the whole whole deal when it comes to recruiting. Um, so. For us, the only difference is we cannot obviously see them or, or they cannot come on the visit. Um, that is the biggest difference. But besides that, everything else is the same. It's all over the internet. Um, well, with one difference is if we ask for a guy to send us a video where he does not have access to a tennis court uh, because of the, the quarantine in their country. So that's, that's an issue. But um, besides that, I think the main issue lately has been getting transcripts. Uh, school are closed, so um, they just don't have transcript to send us. So that's that's been an issue. Uh, but if not, the internet. I mean, look, right now we we uh, we exchanging over internet as well, right? So back in the days, we would do the interview across the desk, and now you can do it across the internet, across the world, and, and the quality be just as good or better. So um, recruiting is the same. Recruiting is a very online-based environment um, with social media as well, with phone. Uh, 
So you can actually learn about someone a lot um, just through communicating via digital platforms. Um, and obviously, the social interaction is very important, and, but we don't have it right now, and that's, we gotta, we got to make up for it. Um, so that's the only piece we don't have is that, that just that let me look into your eyes kind of deal um, and see how you react. But besides that, I think internet is still out there, still, uh, still running. So, um, so he still helps us, you know, looking at people from all over the world. Tennis, I think more than any other sport in college, at least in sports at Stetson, uh, relies on international students more than anybody else. I mean, there's golf that has some international students, soccer has some international students, but tennis relies on recruiting internationally probably more than anybody. Why Why is the difference between bringing in those international kids and is it just harder to identify quality players in the United States because there's so many options for kids to play? Well, I think there's two aspects. I think there's the number one is the fact that tennis, again, is, I think, top five most popular sports worldwide. Uh, so you get people playing tennis all over the world um, compared to, let's say, baseball, for example, where you got, what, the U.S., you get Japan, you get a few other countries, and that's it, right? And you look at American football, well, the name says it all, right? It's a pretty American sport. So... Um, you talk about soccer, number one sport in the world. Uh, you could talk about golf, again, played, played all over the world. Um, I know a skiing, obviously in Florida, we don't have a skiing team, but skiing is a very international team um, because, again, it's, it's all over the world. Uh, track and field as well. So I think the nature of the sport itself, number one, uh, makes it relevant for us to look at talent anywhere, really. Um, Number two, uh, we do have domestic players on our team. And, and that was actually one thing I started at Stetson when I took the program back is I wanted to make sure we had a, a print, uh, a base here in Florida. So we brought in some Florida kids actually over the years. Um, and we've done that and we're looking to do that as well in the future. Uh, the, the thing is, there's just so much, you know, there's just so many good players in, in the US and uh, there's just so many scores. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, when it's offer and demand, right? It's like any other industries. Um, you're looking at the top talents, but when you run out of top talent, either you go to second, um, I mean, it's it's going to sound bad, but, you know, sub-level players, or you look elsewhere for the same level of talents. And so at the end of the day, for us to be competitive, we got to bring the best players we can. So, um, yeah, I can have 10 guys from anywhere in the U.S., but... Um, it will be hard to get, you know, the 10 guys that will have the level needed for us to compete at the level we are looking to compete and being expected to compete at. So um, you try to get the best player from wherever they are, honestly. And so uh, that's the beauty of tennis in my sense. It, it, it's, it's a worldwide sport and it's a beautiful thing that in this country, we actually do embrace that aspect, uh, that aspect of diversity, that aspect of, of large community, and at the end of the day, wherever you're from, if you put on the Stetson jersey, then that's all we care. And, and, and you're going to represent us with great pride and honor um, and have success and, and win, hopefully, a lot of matches. And that's all we care about. And uh, uh, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing and certainly one of the reasons why, you know, at the end of the day, I came to this country in the first place um, because someone gave me a chance that, you know, would not have happened maybe in other places around the world. So 
um, you know, it's, it's, it's something I'm very proud of. Um, and again, I, I don't want to sound political or get into that, but, uh, uh, again, we have to embrace the nature of our sport and embrace the fact that we thrive to compete. And those should only be the two factors that matters, in my opinion. Do you think the uh, development of the USTA Center in Orlando will help improve the level of junior play, not only in this country, but specifically in Florida? Uh, well, I think one thing about American tennis is uh, there's an incredible number of, of, of great players coming through the rank. Uh, on the women's side, there's a bunch of girls, 14, 15, 16, 18, 20. I mean, incredibly good. Um, when tennis will resume, uh, you will see those girls just piercing through and the guys the same. There's a ton of amazing American juniors coming through uh, the rank. So uh, American tennis is about to dominate again. Um, and I think the USTA has spent a lot of money and time developing those players. And the USTA Center here in, in, in Lake Nona has been a big piece of that. Um, but they've also done a great job hiring the right coaches and putting together the right philosophy for their development. Um, so uh, American tennis is on the rise again, I, I got to say. I mean, on the women's side, it was always the case because the Williams sister always dominated. But there's new girls coming through that will just, you know, keep up the work. And, and on the guys' side, it's about to, to just break through the rank again. So uh, I'm not worried for American tennis. I'm much more worried for French tennis, I got to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, no, the, what they've done in Lake Nona is incredible. 100 plus courts. Um, only in America, I want to say you see this. Uh, it's, it's amazing because it, it's about we want to be the best and we're going to put the money to make that happen. And we're going to get the people and we're going to put the time and effort uh, to make that happen. And it's, it's, it's just a, a constant drive to compete and excel um, that is so infectious. And I don't know the impact it has on Florida tennis. I don't know the statistics or any of that. Um, but it certainly made UCF tennis a lot better very quickly because they do play over there. So they got the advantage. And obviously, for us, it helped us because we play there a lot. Uh, we get to – big teams want to come down, play over there. We get to play over there, tournament. So, um, yeah, it, it, it helped. And uh, – um, I'm telling you, American tennis is, is thriving uh, at the top level and uh, will we'll continue to do so for a few years to come. Talking about investing in the future and investing to be the best, I know you've got plans on the drawing board to invest in the Mandy Stahl Tennis Center over there. Talk a little bit about what the future holds for that facility. Love Stetson Athletics? Then join the team behind the team. Donate to the Hatter Athletic Fund to help keep your Stetson Hatters at the top of elite competition. If you're interested in donating to provide opportunities for Stetson student-athletes, log on to GoHatters.com and click on the Hatter Athletic Fund link in the Support the Hatters tab. Okay, well, we'll wrap up here with some quick questions. First thing that pops into your mind are a lot of silly questions, but just quick questions that and, and answer with the first thing that pops into your mind. So, favorite favorite breakfast cereal? Gotcha. Favorite cartoon character?
The Tasmanian Devil? <laughs> okay. Your favorite superhero? If you could have one superpower yourself, what would it be and why? <laughs> yeah, I think we, uh, my understanding is what Mendisto was building was always to be a, a 12 courts facility with a whole locker room and then clubhouse. Uh, yeah, that would building. be a time um, travel, yeah. So obviously when they uh, build it, they, they, they done a whole job, but they stopped at six courts uh, and they, they renovated a house that, we, that, that was there nearby. So I think what we're looking to do is just to complete kind of the the original project, which is to build those 12 courts. Okay. We do have 12 PC courts on Mac. campus, but in two different sites. Um, and we're very thankful for that, don't get me wrong. But I think having 12 courts in one site <laughs> will be very helpful to... Well, where's the place have, you would go uh, for a dream two vacation? matches at once, to have uh, better options for practices and, and so forth, for the community as well, for tournaments. Um, and then also having a, a bigger building with, uh, with you know, locker rooms and all of that. So... Uh, we're excited. Uh, we uh, we we into the project, and then people are definitely supporting it and okay. helping us. That would be a fun uh, trip. You know, um, the, uh, the coronavirus has put a slight hold to that, but for the right reason, of course. And when we will be able to uh, put our mind further into it, uh, hopefully we can continue the project along. Um, but we certainly have great traction, and uh, it, it's great to see the, the administration and community supporting us to that level. Uh, but also come with expectations, and I think it's normal. Like we, we got to match those so expectations for us to uh, reward us with such investment. So uh, it's an exciting way of having that competitive mindset going, and uh, we want to make tennis as that's an even better. Yeah, my wife right. and I did the same thing. Uh, lately, it's been oats. Just straight up oats. <laughs> uh, oof. I don't know. I mean, it will be in French, so I don't what's know. What's your favorite it's, Christmas uh, movie? Uh, what was the... Um, was the, the, there you the, go. Um, what TV show or shows are you I think you had an American right too. It's like an animal like from um, Tanzania. No, like uh, he speeds and... Yes, there you go. Go with that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like, um, I like Captain America. Uh, what was your first concert? When and where? Wow. Uh, man, I'm not good at those. I like, I'm, I'm a thinker. Maybe I'm an overthinker. Uh, I know something that deals with time, either slowing it down or, or speeding it up. I don't know, something that manages time, something like that. <laughs> there you go. Brandon. Yeah, I didn't have to think about that one. Bread, cheese, bread and cheese all day. Uh, so what and who are you listening to now? Oh, Mike. Uh, no, 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 no. What I was talking about, no, 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 PC. 
I can't deal with with Apple products. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't know if it will be a dream because I want to go to a place I've never been, so I'll have to experience it first to know. Um, but um, Iceland, I'm very intrigued by Iceland. <laughs> Yeah. So, where's a place you go when you need some time alone? Uh, I don't know. My wife is watching. I don't know if if uh, I may want to go down that route, but uh, I can't remember her name. But there was uh, a girl. Um, I think it was a, a movie, a Dungeon and Dragon, something like this. When I was a kid, and uh, uh, I don't know. She was she was pretty cute. Uh, well, lately we um, we finally uh, subscribed to Disney so Plus. So if you were going to go on a game show, wife, what so game we, show would it be? We went through the whole Star Wars saga, um, which is actually the right way to do it because you then you you uh, really catch on, on a lot of small details that if you watch them one year in between, you really don't remember. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so what's lately your we found, to go we're going through the Marvel, uh, the Marvel saga. Uh, but she loves Disney movies. So, I mean, you name them, she watched them a hundred times and I'm sure we're going to watch them a hundred times more. Uh, Home Alone, big time. Yeah. Uh, right now, the big one I like is The Office. I mean, I watched, I watched it, I mean, 10 plus times. A piece of one to the end. Um, I mean, my goal is just, I just, I love the guy, but I just hope I, I, I never get anywhere close to, uh, <laughs> to him. So what's your go-to uh, karaoke man, song? To it. Uh, yeah, I was with my brother. Uh, I can't remember the age, but it was a band called Muse. Uh, I don't know. I think it was an American band or English Instagram band. or TikTok. Uh, it was big in Europe. I don't know about the U.S. Um, but more recently, uh, we went to see uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers here in Orlando. So name three people my, living or dead you want um, to have dinner was, with. That uh, was big because that's, that's what I grew up on. Um, I, my brother was a big uh, um, hard rock, Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, fan. Um, so making it to an actual concert was big time. I listen to everything, to be honest with you. I, I don't have a favorite band. I don't have a, uh, when I like to just to, to, to relax, I like, uh, like actually Bruce Springsteen, to be honest with you, uh, in the background. I think Very it's amazing. Good. This um, has been a lot of fun, Christopher. No, I enjoy spending time with you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Intense uh, music, electro music. Um, that's a big deal over there. So I still get to enjoy that, which is good because the guys, that's all they listen to. So, at least in the van, we get a, a common uh, common drawer. Um, I don't know. I mean, we uh, we we have we own a townhouse, not an actual house, so I don't have a yard. Um, but that's actually what I would like. I like to have a yard, and I'll just put a hammock in between two trees, um, and just take a nap in the shade. I think that would that'll just be my my uh my uh, spe special place so i uh, just need a yard and, and a hammock and two trees and i'll be good to go um i don't know who wants to be a millionaire 
but uh, but I don't know if I'll go very far. So you know, it'll be fun after after the first question. It'll become very embarrassing. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, what's my favorite place? I do like a good pizza. I got to be honest with you, uh, but I'm very picky. So there's only very few places that I do like. Um, and for big, uh, big anniversary, we usually get a steak. So like, I don't know, Ruth Grace Flemings, I mean, you name it. Um, but uh, I, I do like a good pizza, I got to say. <laughs> yeah, they have different styles. They have different styles. So, uh, yeah, I, I've become, yeah, again, I'm, I'm, I'm picky about my pizza. So I don't know if I'm a good guy to go eat a pizza with because, man, you're going to hear all about it. <laughs> I'm a terrible singer, so I do not do karaoke. I do attempt to to sing at home, and I get shut down very quickly by my wife and even my dog sometimes. So I do not attempt to uh, to sing. Uh, Instagram. I mean, I, TikTok. I barely know the name, so I would not even know how to function it. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take somebody that, I'll, I'm not going to say name, but somebody that has a similar view, somebody that has a drastically opposed view, and somebody that will um, be a mediator, and they will just have a, a four ways and discuss any topics and argue all night, like in a very traditional French way, but uh, doing it in a, in a lovely manner. Yeah. Ah, that was a blast. Thank you for doing this. And uh, you may have to, uh, to make it a bit shorter for people to actually watch, you know. I'd like to thank today's guest on the Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Inside Credit Union, Christophe Noblet, our tennis, uh, men's tennis coach. And uh, look forward to our next edition. I want to take a chance here to also thank our corporate sponsors for all their support, not only for the podcast, but for all Stetson Athletics. That, uh, those sponsors include Inside Credit Union, uh, Alliance Community, uh, Bud Light, Coca-Cola Florida, Florida Orthopedic Associates, Geico, Hampton Inn, Imageworks, Main Street Bank, Morningstar Storage Solutions, Orlando Sanford International Airport, Total Comfort, and the Weston and Lake Mary. Thank you to all of those corporate sponsors. Look forward to talking to you again soon on Hatter Chatter, the podcast. Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together.